Welcome to the Mission Matters podcast, celebrating the people and initiatives that embody the Jesuit tradition of St. Louis University, celebrating what matters in the 200-year-old-plus mission that is St. Louis U, brought to you from the Office of Mission and Identity. Welcome back, everyone. I am pleased to have as my guest for this Mission Matters episode, Dr. Victoria Martin, Dr. V, who is the Interim Director of Retention and Student Success and coordinates what we're going to be talking mostly about today, Billiken's First Chapter, or BFC. Welcome, Dr. V, and good to have you with us. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited to spend some time with you today. Absolutely. And it appears that this is prime time for you, given the fact that we are just launching a new academic year. So thank you for taking the time. And tell us a little bit about the Billikens First Chapter program. Gotcha. Okay. So give you the quick and dirty version of who Dr. V is. So born and raised in the state of South Carolina. And so I'm a long way from home. I'm a lover of the beach. And so I'm not really sure how I ended up in a landlocked state, but here I am. I have a background in educational leadership, clinical and mental health counseling, and sociology. And so all of those areas of interest have really assisted me in gaining traction in the work that I do to support students who are in transition. And so Billiken's first chapter is an amazing opportunity for me to take my educational and professional background and pour it into scholars who participate in this program. So very excited to be here at St. Louis University. Uh, So Billiken's first chapter, we are at the one year mark. So Billiken's first chapter is actually a program that started last summer at SLU through some brainstorming with the COVID pandemic, a lot of a lot of students were impacted because they didn't have a traditional high school experience. And so SLU recognized that there were going to be some students coming in who needed some additional support. And then there were also some conversations just about some of the retention markers. So we realized that we were struggling to retain certain students. Mm. And then thinking about COVID and the impact that it was having on a high school experience, the conversation was, hey, we need to do something to ensure that we are providing some extra support for our incoming students. And so there was a working group put together of key campus partners in academic advising, student financial services, enrollment management and retention, Dean of Students Office, student success. I'm probably missing some. So, um, and so these individuals got together and started talking about what are some interventions that could be put in place, what type of programming. And so out of that conversation, Billiken's first chapter was created. And so I came into SLU in September. So I came in after the program had started and after the the scholars were identified. And then my team of first-year navigators actually came in in October. So we came in after the academic year started but we hit the ground running. And so through just some conversations on campus, knowing that there was a need, our program was created. And so we have been supporting and just really bridging the gaps for our scholars who participate in the program. Wow, brand new program in direct response to the lived experience of students. But you talk about scholars who opt in. So this is not a program for every incoming student. 
I can tell you that when Billiken's first chapter was created last summer, there were five criteria that were identified. And so those criteria were students who were Pell eligible, first gen, they self-identified as Black, African-American, Hispanic, two or more races. They were still deciding as their major deciding, and they had a high school GPA of 3.6 or less. So out of those five criteria, if a student met least three, we reached out to them and said to them, hello, welcome to Billiken's first chapter. So it wasn't necessarily an opt-in program, so to speak. It was more of, oh my goodness, you're invited to participate in this program. Now, when you look at some of the retention data for SLU, you will see that those are some of our populations where we do see that we lose traction in regards to retention. And so how do we take that into consideration and also think about COVID and the impact and again, pour into that population of students a little bit more. Now, I will say this, we have had some students come in who did not meet any of those criteria, but someone on campus said, hey, I think you need some extra support. I'm going to connect you here. We don't turn students away. Uh. Now, it hasn't gotten to a point where we've had several but we may have had about 20, 30 students. And if those students didn't qualify for another program, so SOAR is another program that we have, if they didn't qualify for SOAR, then we would you know, take on, in Billiken's first chapter, we would take in the opportunity just to engage them and potentially connect them with another resource on campus or just create a space for them to engage with the first year navigator or myself on a bi-monthly basis. That's fantastic. I would think for our listeners who are mostly faculty and staff here, that mm-hmm. is a really important point. So if they encounter a student and for whatever reason believe that that might be a good reference for them to contact you, mm-hmm. is that doable? Okay. Absolutely. And they can contact myself. Again, we we see ourselves as a hub. So in thinking about a hub in the regards of technology, it's the space where information comes in. So we consider ourselves to be a destination and an experience where if students need information, they can come here. So we're not academic advisors. We're not counselors. You know, we're not some of these support roles that are on campus. But what we can do is connect you. So if a faculty member has a concern, if they don't reference them to the academic advisor, it maybe it's something that's not academic in nature, and they do reference them to us, and we're like, well, you know, this could go to an academic advisor, or this could be the counseling center. We will do that warm handoff, so yep. we're not just giving the student a number and saying, oh, hey, you just need to call here or go to this office. Like we are willing to walk students over, yeah, or pick up the phone in our office and coach students through phone calls. What I have learned in my experience is that students are going to go where they feel connected. So even if we push a certain resource, if a student has made a connection with a person on campus, that's where they're going to start off. And so to me, it is a greater investment to ensure that everyone on campus that could potentially touch a student, whether we traditionally think so or they non-traditionally that they, they know the baseline information. Because I can say, hey, you should really go to this office. But I also know that in my 13 years, if a student doesn't have a connection or someone there, they're going to hesitate. 
Sure. But if if I could be the person to bridge that gap for them, yeah. they're going to be more likely to go. So let's sure. why why not collaborate? Because right. <laughs> ultimately, the student will get connected to who they need to be connected to, and they will have that information, and it will be a better experience versus putting the onus on that student. So that all sounds a lot to me like Cura Personalis, the care of the individual. Yes. I mean, at, what you're describing is identifying need before we even meet the individuals, identifying potential need, we'll say, or potential mm-hmm. areas for s- additional support, and then responding to that, not from a systemic point of view, but from an individual point of view and remembering Absolutely. always, 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 always that it is a person that we're dealing with person to person. So all of that cure personalis, yes. you're living out. Absolutely. So tell me a little bit about your own experience then with the BFC, you know, how have you been inspired or energized? How has this motivated you in your work? I know you're exhausted right now. But... <laughs> I will say that this experience, because to me, it's more than a program. It's an experience. It really inspires me because I know that if I were a student or if SLU had this when I was an undergraduate, this would have been my landing spot. Mm. And so this program, it speaks to me in a very different way because every scholar, and we refer to our students as scholars because of positive language and growth mindset. Love that. And so every scholar that walks through this door, I see myself in this scholar. I see someone who the odds may or may not be stacked again. I make no assumptions, but I'm like, this could be me. And if I walked into this space, what type of service or what type of experience would I have wanted to have? And I extend that. And so that is why I love this work. This worked with Billiken's first chapter, but just working in higher education. Like this to me is my ministry. And so I am very intentional about creating a space where people feel seen, value, and heard. And not based on what I think that looks like, but being in relationship and community with them, they tell me what it looks like. And I do that with my team of first-year navigators and my EAB Navigate Manager, but I'm very intentional about doing it with my scholars. And so that's the inspirational piece. Yeah. As far as being energized, they bring such a beautiful energy into this space. Like we have one scholar who is now going to be a second year. He loves music. And so we used to have dance parties. Like on a Friday, he would come in and turn on music and we would just dance. Or we would come in and have conversations about Marvel, like We are some really big Marvel buffs in here. And so we would look at movie trailers. And when Dr. Strange was coming out, I'm a big Dr. Strange fan. Dr. Strange was coming out. We were were just in here talking about potential plots for the movie. And that is the part that energizes me because it's not just this, you're coming in here. What do you need? Let me give you what you need and you go. You're here in this space. You made a choice to be here. How can we pour into you? How can we create this community? Because you may or may not have this in any other space. We can't 100% make sure, but how can we do our part in wrapping our arms around you and loving on you so that when you leave this space, you can feel as if you matter to someone? That is what energizes me and and really gets me excited. Relationship, right? Mm -hmm. 
all about yeah. that relationship building and then sustaining. So are you a team of and first year navigators? So I have three I have three first year navigators who are responsible for supporting our scholars in bi-monthly meetings. Okay. I also have an EAB Navigate manager who works with EAB Navigate, which is a early alert platform we have for faculty and staff to really just be in communication about students on campus. Okay. And so the EAB Navigate manager really works with all the data behind the scenes and making sure that platform is, is giving us the information that we need to, okay. to do our best work. Are your navigators staff or are they student leaders? They're staff. So they're okay. full-time uh, staff members, yes. And given the fact that this is kind of a new program, maybe you're still working this out, but after first year, can they come back? Or obviously they can't, they do, whether that's the design, but is there a thought for how the relationship continues or how that support, if it's needed, continues? Or is that where another organization picks up? So actually our goal is that when our scholars complete their first year, we transition them into SOAR. We also understand that just with capacity and also requirements, all of our scholars may not be able to go into SOAR at this moment. That is something that we are in continuous conversation about. What is next? We also know that some of our scholars are going to come back here. Yeah. And I will say that my team and I have been very intentional about conversations we've had over the summer about communicating with our cohort one scholars about just some key dates, but then also thinking about from a programming perspective, what are some programs that we will do for our incoming scholars? So our cohort two scholars that our cohort one scholars can benefit from. Mm -hmm. So while we do not have a second year tracked, we do anticipate that some of them will be back in the space. We've actually had a few visit over the summer and we are anticipating that need. So while we will not be able to provide bi-monthly meetings like we are doing for our incoming students, we will create space and community for our continuing scholars if they do need that support. For us, it's very important to be in collaboration and community with SOAR because our scholars who are first-generation Pell eligible or registered with CATER can actually fully transition into that program because SOAR is a program that actually supports students through all four years. So, Okay. So I, I want to revisit you know, when we talked about the Cure Personalis, that yeah. piece. And a part of the SLU mission that really just lands so peacefully with me is when it talks about the idea of supporting the whole person. And when I think about Billiken's first chapter, that is what we do. Yes, our scholars, you know, they're here on a college campus, they're college students. Okay, the focus is academics and, you know, involvement as it pertains to the campus community. But we also have conversations about what's happening at home. That's just as important as what's happening in the classroom. Sure. Do you have everything that you need? You know, we got here after the semester started and we had some scholars who didn't have all their textbooks and they were behind in classes. And so we had a conversation with them not in a way that was condescending as to, well, why don't you have this? You should know. It was, talk us through what's happening. And then we begin to troubleshoot together about how to move forward. 
you know, some of our scholars, they work yeah. outside of school and it's not a 10 to 15 hours. Some of them are working 30 hours a week. Yeah. But with some of them, we had to have conversations about how do we take your class schedule and how do we use what you're doing while you're on campus to create some intentional study times? Or sometimes we had scholars who were caregivers. So how are you balancing that? Are you okay? What do you need from us? And so, yes, being a student here at SLU is very important. Like, that's why you're here. And we want to make sure you're on track. But we also understand that if there is something that's happening outside of this campus, it can impact how you show up here. We are very intentional about making sure that whole person is well, because we understand that our scholars don't function in silos. Right. So it's not just when you come here, whatever you were dealing with last night or before you got to campus, it doesn't matter. No, that impacts how you show up in this space. We want to make sure that scholars know that they have a space on campus where they can talk about that. We are one of the many spaces yeah. in which you can get support in dealing with those challenges that you face that go beyond the classroom. Yeah. Excellent. Okay. What else needs to be said? I would say for Billiken's first chapter, this is our first year that we're actually here together and planning before classes start. And so that has actually been very fun too. We've had some amazing opportunities to engage with scholars who came to SLU 101 but then we also have been doing outreach to them, whether it's phone calls, Zoom calls, some emails. And we've tried to minimize the emails because we we know that in the summer, they probably haven't fully transitioned into college student mode. And so email is probably like, what? You want me to do what? That's dinosaur stuff. <laughs> right. So we have found that phone calls and Zoom calls have been really good with communicating. So I will say that's the one thing that I am the most excited about. And my team has expressed this as well, is that we have been able to do some outreach and begin to establish rapport and community before the semester starts. So, yes. That'll only get better and better as time goes on. Absolutely. Oh, goodness. So where, where are you located? So just yes. in case people want to pop in and say hello. And again, our listeners are mostly faculty and staff, but I think this would be a beneficial program, beneficial office mm-hmm. for anybody, especially teaching first years to yeah. introduce themselves to you. Yeah. So we are located in the Bush Student Center in 354. We are across from the Dean of Students office. And actually next week, we're going to have some directional decals on the floor. If you find your way to the information desk at the Bush Student Center, if you yep. follow the blue circles with the arrows, you will find us. And there's going to be good. a big circle outside of our door that says you have arrived. So Again, BFC 354, or if you can't remember that, just follow the blue directional circles in Bush Student Center. I would, one, welcome the opportunity for any faculty and staff member to come to the hub and just be in community with us in the space, specifically um, doing a, a all call to faculty members. We are looking to have something called Faculty Friends of Billiken's First Chapter. And we would love for faculty members who would be interested in having an hour conversation with incoming students over dinner. We will provide the dinner and just talking with them about just their interest and the department in which they teach and just 
other facts about them because we want to humanize faculty. One of the things that first year students talk about the most is being intimidated by talking to faculty because they're like, this person is teaching my class and I don't, you know, I'm not sure how to talk to them. And so we really want to create a space for faculty to come in and have dinner. We want faculty, but we also want staff to come in as well. So if there's anyone who's don't necessarily engage with students on a daily basis and you want to just come in, reach out. You can bring your laptop and, and set up some time to communicate with students or just engage with students. We also have a really good coffee bar and snacks here. So I'll, I'll put that out there. Uh, we will provide coffee and snacks. But again, if there are faculty and staff who maybe you don't work with first year students anymore and you really want that opportunity just to engage, please let it, let me know. I'd be more than happy to welcome you into the space and then introduce you to some of our scholars. And we hope that word gets out there through this. Dr. V, thank you so much for this time together. It has been fantastic to get to know you. Um, I look forward to celebrating your first year anniversary coming up very soon, early <laughs> September. Very, yes, it is coming very quickly. But in the meantime, get yourself some rest and gear yes. up for the arrival of all these new scholars for Billiken's first chapter. Absolutely. And thank you so much for this opportunity. I really do appreciate it. It's been great. Thank you. All right. Thank you. And for all of you listening, don't forget to follow us on social media at SLU Jesuit Mission on both Facebook and Instagram. And if you know of a colleague who's living the mission out loud, but seems to be hidden in plain sight, give us a heads up so we can highlight the good work being done here in our community. Thank you for joining us. And until next time, in this year of hope, let's continue to celebrate together the gift of walking with youth in the creation of a hope-filled future. Because mission matters. You can engage the mission intentionally here at SLU, and you can encounter it randomly. But good luck graduating without ever touching it in some way. God bless everyone.